0: Welcome to Leader Spotlight. On this podcast, we bring you the stories of leaders, their personal journeys, and we put a spotlight on the inspiring things they are doing in their organizations. Hello, everyone. I'm Annette Klosowski, your host. I'm an executive coach, a speaker, and a peer advisory board leader. And I am here with my co-host, Addison Price, the Addison Price. Hello. Back again. I know. Yeah. Here we are. We've had great... This is a great year a podcast guest. I know. We keep saying it and it just, I know better. Yeah, I know it really does. Yeah, it does. So, so uh... we're keeping it flowing. So for all of those of you, for
1: all of those of you, <laughs> I guess that's right. For sure. <laughs> for all of you out there listening, if you would like to be a guest on leader spotlight, then please join us. Shoot me an email at the end of our podcast. Every time I leave my email at the end, but it's Addison at
0: FPOV.com and we can get you hooked up to be One of our amazing guests this year. People love hearing the stories and the journeys of people. And the biggest thing that young people will say to me is, I don't know what I want to do. And Uh, there's such a pressure to try to figure out what you do. But when you really listen to people, it is like random how people end up where they are or doors Mm -hmm. opened or like I'm doing things I didn't even know existed. So, you know, it's great to hear people's journeys. Um, It's also great to hear how people failed. Um, and how they look at adversity. And today we are talking to Mary Nin and um, it is a treat. She is the creator of Ninja Life Hacks and she's co-founder of Ninja Sushi. It's a restaurant. She is nationally recognized innovator in the publishing industry now. It's very interesting how she gets started. She'll tell the story, but it's because she was a really good mom dealing with a child that had adversity in sports and that kind of opened this door that she's continuing um she's got uh, books lots of books mm-hmm. <laughs> she can talk about and toys and they really speak to mental toughness and grit and starting those conversations with um young children and yep. she's reached over 3 million um children worldwide in 12 countries so Amazing. it's really really cool what she's done i've known her for over 20 years and I don't know if it was her first endeavor, but she owned a salon and spa and that's how I met her. And then just hearing her and then they started um, investing in real estate. And I mean, they've done a lot of different things and I, she's just kind of amazing uh, person. The other thing that's interesting is she started an Asian chamber of commerce mm-hmm. in her city, which is really interesting. So uh, she really is a trailblazer, a path. You know, she kind of has her own journey of what she's doing, but um, she's gotten a lot of accolades. Um, Inc. 5000 um, has acknowledged her best finance book for kids for Investopedia, best kids money book on mom.com. She's got top 10 business books for kids, small business trends, and over 12,000 five-star Amazon reviews and a number one bestseller tag, in over five Amazon um, categories, and I'm going to tell you, she didn't start out to be an author. No. It's not her background. Like she just went into this. She had some adversity, even getting people to publish books, and um, like she, she's just an obstacle destroyer. Yeah, <laughs> she's incredible. She really is. So I, I love that. She's an incredible speaker, incredible mom, um, and I mean, she's just what I call a fabulous human. Yes, ten out of ten. Yeah, I like that. Ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out of so ten. I know you'll enjoy it, and um, we're going to get right to it. Well, welcome, Mary, to the show. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is kind of fun for me because we've known each other for a long time, and I have just kind of watched you through a lot of entrepreneurial kind of experiences and endeavors and just watched your success. So I'm kind of excited. And I think that just your experience will be so inspiring to so many. So thank you. I appreciate you being on. Thank you.
2: Yeah, you see, you, we've known each other for over 20 years and you've seen my successes, but you've also seen my failures. Yeah, yeah. So... Well, We're going to talk about that because we <laughs> we all have those. But But, you know, just your
0: journey as an entrepreneur. Because um, you've had a kind of a salon and spa, you've had restaurants, you've um, had real estate, um, you're now an author, and so like just talk about when you look at your entrepreneurial journey. Like, what are some of those things that stick out just from your story? You know, things just from that journey.
2: Yeah, uh, oof, my journey is has been a long one. It feels like um, I've I've been a mother for. 26 years married for uh, a little bit more than that and uh, I have founded uh Ninja Life hacks which is a book company uh children's books uh, company that focuses on developing mental uh, wellness and grit and mental toughness and I've also founded uh with my husband co-founded Ninja sushi. So right now it's a four store chain uh, locally here in Oklahoma. And we serve a a high quality sushi and fresh Starwalk fries um, for busy families. So that is our passion to help families um, who who have kids who have like busy schedules and but still want to feed their children um, nutritious Meals. Many of our um, foods. I'm going to go on a tangent, but many of our items on our menu uh, are 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 actually really cooked fresh when you order it. They're not contained in uh, plastic bags, like a lot of corporate restaurants uh, chains have them. So um, you can rely on Ninja being like a home cooked meal. And I am also a real estate broker. So, I don't really do that for other people, but I found over the years that it was smarter for me to get the brokerage license so that uh, it could help uh, you know, our family. Mm-hmm. And the real estate we were purchasing. So it saved me like 6% or 3% every time there was a real estate transaction. So I do have that um, for, for our family purposes. Uh I'm not real passionate about real estate, but it is, it is a it's a, an arsenal in our investment uh portfolio. So uh, but I am very passionate about. Um, empowering other people to achieve their dreams and goals. Well,
0: I think what you illustrated is I think how I see you as an entrepreneur is you get knowledge and learning, whether that's being a broker, because it helps you be better at what you're doing or it's financially smart to do you know, something like that. But you've always been like that. You've always been this learner, whether it's about health and lifestyle, raising your kids, because I want you to tell the story about how you even got into writing books, because you have, is it over 300 titles now? Mm, Over 250. Okay, you're close. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot of titles. But I mean, it started um, with you as a mom supporting your son when he wrote his book. So just talk a little bit about that, because I think people don't understand how people get into certain things right like how did you go from certain investments in restaurants to now you're this author with 250 and and you know it's not like you set out to be this best-selling author and do all these things It it was an evolutionary of you you were really being a great mom so tell that story because i i love this story
2: yeah this is one of my uh favorite stories to tell because it was just so accidental how I, how i became an author So um, my, my son, my middle son, Kobe at the time, he was uh, very passionate about tennis and he decided he wanted to homeschool starting around fifth, sixth grade. And uh, so we started like, you know, going to all the different tournaments. And if you're a mom in sports, you know, all about that travel and fees and costs and a time and dedication. My son took it a step further. He decided he wanted to do it full time. So he was training eight hours a day and he was winning all the local tournaments. But then when you got to the national level, uh, he hit a plateau and he, uh, totally, um, started losing his matches and his coach, uh, he decided it was because of Kobe's mental toughness. It just wasn't quite uh there so we worked on uh different um calming techniques and he started to practice it and he's i don't know if you you play tennis and so he started winning he started winning all these matches again and there was a point in time where he won about a 13 super tiebreakers which is really hard to do because a super tiebreaker is basically a coin flip at the end of a match where both opponents are pretty evenly matched and then you play out these 10 points and then whoever wins the 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 whoever gets a 10 by 2 uh first wins the match so he won 11 of those in a row and this is this is unheard of like, this is very difficult to do. And the only thing we could chalk it, chalk it up to was his mental toughness and all the things that he had been working on. Um, and so when he was in his English class, the teacher was like, hey, you know, I want you to write uh, a research paper on any subject Any you can choose a subject. And he chose mental toughness. I read the paper and I was like, oh, my God, this is so wonderful. He really grasped all the concepts and the visualization, the breathing, the... Um, positive self-talk, all of it. And, you know, children are so much smarter than we give them credit for. They, they're they ready to have these conversations. They're ready to learn. These coping strategies that come naturally to adults, children don't come equipped with that. So we have to be able to um, open the doors for them by discussing it, by reading books with them about it, by showing the characters using it, so, uh, anyways, he, uh, so both of us, my, my husband, my son and I, we had a conversation and we were like, Hey, you know, this would be so great if we could share this paper with other kids, because, you know, obviously he, uh, worded it in a way where, you know, it was, it was his voice. So we turned it into a children's book and I, tr- we tried to query it to tr- traditional publishers, And we got 13 rejections and then I was like, okay, I'll just, let's just learn how to self-publish. So we did that and it was very well received within the uh, tennis community. He ended up writing two more in the series, how to win uh, the world cup in pajamas, how to win the gold medal in pajamas and how to win Wimbledon in pajamas. So he was a published author by the age of 13, and he still receives monthly passive income from that on on Amazon today, probably, hopefully until forever. And so he was 13 at the time. And then after he wrote those three, he was like, "Uh, I'm done, Mom. I'm just I'm just done with all this. And I was like, "Okay, well, you know. Uh, that's fine. You can find some other hobby. And, but I continued on the journey because I really believed in what we were doing and I really liked it. So I uh, published my ninja stories that I had already created in my mind when I was uh, raising the boys. I would tell them bedtime stories if they were were scared, you know, brave ninja, this is what brave ninja did to overcome his fear. Um, So i I published sixteen in the beginning, and then uh, educators and parents started re- requesting different ones. Like, hey, could you write a inclusive ninja, diversity ninja? Um, so, what was sixteen now has evolved into over seventy-eight ninjas. That's, That's incredible! Crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's interesting because you know that came out of a, a time where your son struggled. And sometimes us as parents, we try to protect them. You know, we don't want them to walk through the struggle. He could have quit tennis. I mean, there's so many things that could have happened. You know, in that and embracing, I think that weakness, whatever that obstacle was, actually, I mean, it it would be amazing to see like how that serves him the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. But but just as a parent, you know, being able to do that and then seeing everything that you have and the things that you're writing about, um, they're especially now with mental. Illness and you know depression and anxiety. It's it's such a needed thing. So uh, I love that story. Yeah, it's really interesting to just to have kind of the tools and the resources
1: available to start that talk and kind of the walk and the journey through so many different elements of growth and development for kids to have and to have that through a children's book is really cool. Do you feel like as you have written these books and kind of been able to dive into different concepts and kind of even just see the need? Of society and what educators need and parents need. Do you feel like that's helped you as a parent, but also as a businesswoman to be able to kind of look at what are the needs of others around me and how can I kind of utilize that to equip people around me?
2: Yeah. So the underlying theme of all of my books, uh, including Ninja Life Hacks and Mini Movers and Shakers is one of grit and mental toughness Mm -hmm. because I may have succeeded in all of these things, but the true success came from all of my failures. Had I not lost one hundred sixty thousand in Tulsa in a restaurant, uh, had I not lost another two hundred forty thousand a different in a different restaurant concept in Oklahoma City, had I not been embezzled by a manager who was majoring in criminal justice who I entrusted uh, so so deeply, but then he, uh, he yeah he ended up embezzling about sixty thousand something from from Ninja Edmund, mm-hmm. and the FBI got in the case. But had I not failed at all of those things, I would not be here today. Mm -hmm. Had I not struggled with my own marriage, uh, mentioning the D word many, many times over, um, had I not lost 200,000 the first year of my publishing business, I wouldn't be sitting here today. So it's because of all those failures. And that's what, that's my main message to children and parents is Failure brings us one step closer to success. Just like Sarah Blakely explained about her childhood, she, d- during dinner, around the dinner table, she would sit with her father and her brother, and her father would ask her and her brother, what did you try and fail at today? So the question wasn't, what did you succeed today? Mm-hmm. What, what, what were your successes today? What did you accomplish no, it wasn't those questions. It was, what did you fail at today? What did you try today? So it was like a mindset. She she developed her grit and, and mental toughness at a very young age. And if we are able to instill that kind of mindset in our children at a very young age, it helps them overcome the fear of failure. It helps them. It pushes them into a different here so that they know uh, it's okay to go after your dreams. Like the is the limit. And that's, yeah. that's how I view it. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, I, What's so confusing to me is the word failure, because, you know, I know that it feels different personally when it happens to us, because there's a loss, there's an embarrassment, there's a fear, whatever. But the people that I like look at and have the most respect for are people like you that man, they, Mm -hmm. I always have the saying that it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, it matters how many times you get back up. And so you get knocked down, you just get back up, you know, and at some point, you get back up, and then you wake up and you have have this publishing business and 250 books and you know you're having this whole impact on a generation of of kids that you know it's so needed Mm -hmm. you know it's so needed where we are today so um i don't know i just think there's a stigma around failure and really it's 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 the conditioning, you know, it's like the agility and conditioning yeah. of actually getting to where you need to, to be in life or opportunities. Yeah.
1: Can you kind of walk through your mindset during some of those like failures that you talked about? And just, you know, I feel like especially surrounding money, it's this feeling of like when you're losing money, you're like, oh my gosh, I like, how am I going to recover? You know, <laughs> you feel like so broken down almost. So whenever you went through some of the number figures of money that you lost, I'm just so curious of kind of the mentality that you kept to think, yeah, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to go again and what that journey looked like for you.
2: Yeah, it's funny because when you do mix uh, your feelings with money, it gets so weird. It's like it -hmm. it heightens somehow, some way. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, I I think the real difference is uh, if you have experienced adversity in your life. And as a female minority, I have experienced a lot of that. Um, And as of late, I've experienced more than my fair share because we um, have we're just experiencing book banning in Florida. So they're pulling uh, some books off the shelves. Well, uh, Governor DeSantis had uh, enacted the uh, don't say gay bill, which is okay, fine. The voters voted that they approved it. It went through. That's all fine and dandy. I didn't even realize what was going on until educators, my educators started emailing and messaging me and telling me, Mary, they're pulling all kinds of children's books off the shelves that contain Black history, diversity, inclusion. Some of my books, I was offended. So that is, uh, so, I'm, so I have a platform. I made it, I made, uh, I brought awareness to it, which a lot of people are not talking about this because- the truth is educators are scared for their life or their job. They can be convicted of a felony. They can be put in jail right now if they speak about it. So, uh, so, so I brought that to my platform, even though I don't really like to talk about negative things. It's like, oh, you know, it's, it's reality. So um so I got messages, hate messages. Hey, you know, we're so tired of hearing about this diversity and inclusion. Can you just not talk about it anymore? Hey, you know, uh, diversity and inclusion is important, but uh, there's too many there's too many uh, people bringing it up every day. We're so sick and tired of hearing about it. What about the people experiencing it? Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, adversity is just commonplace for me now. Yeah. It's almost like I know that if it doesn't break me, um, It just makes me stronger. If it doesn't concern my family, I'm okay. As long as my family is healthy and safe, I'm so grateful. You know,
0: I feel like people that are really making a difference, you know, they're doing something to make a difference and an impact. You're going to always have that group of people, you know, that's so easy to criticize. And, And one of my life philosophies is, kind of that story about um, the man in their arena, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's really easy for people in the stands or the cheap seats to have an opinion on what's going on in the ring. But if you haven't been in the ring, you know, for me, I don't really care what you have to say. Now, if you've been in the ring, then, okay, I I, I will yeah. listen to you. But if you're just sitting in the stands and you're criticizing and you have an opinion, I, I or especially opinion about me, It doesn't really impact me because you've not been in the trenches. You're not doing anything. So I really feel like you're magnetic, like you're just a magnetic person. And I think you're powerful, you have influence, and there's just people that, you know, they don't like that. Or they sense where they can have power. So they're going to try to have power, which for the wrong thing. So yeah, that's why I think what you're doing is so important today, Mm -hmm. like today. And it's probably not an accident that you're now intertwined in this whole subject, you know, with the books and coming topics coming off because where how you can stand against that and speak against that is so much more powerful than a lot of people, you know, could do that. So it's what we just live in a crazy world.
1: Yeah, it is. It's crazy too, just the lack of, I think, real conversations that happen. And so I feel like, you know, once again, going back to providing almost the resources for the next generation to feel like, You know, diversity, inclusion, anything that can almost somehow feel like a taboo topic, or you know, people want to make out to be a taboo topic, is not, and it's very you know welcomed and encouraged, and that there's easy ways too to go about having what can feel like a difficult conversation. I just think the way that you're equipping the next generation of leaders is so important and so needed, which is great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so what are you most proud of? Oh, I'm most proud of my three boys. Yeah, you've done a great job with your boys. And that I mean, that's not like an easy feat. I mean, being a parent and going through Mm -hmm. the stages and, you know, uh, so yes, you should be very proud of your family. So what what do you wish
2: you would have known at an earlier age? Mm -hmm. you know, one thing I always look back and regret is like, The times where I rush things and don't enjoy the simple moments, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people told me all the time that your boy, your kids will grow up so fast. And before you knew it, they they really did. And I wished I could have them back at five, three, four, five, six, those ages again, but I can't. So. Mm -hmm just
0: waiting for my grandchildren yeah there
2: you go <laughs> that's yes. awesome wow I mean just, can you imagine
0: your grandchild and look at all the toys and books yeah and, like, they are set that's what
1: my my parents always have said you know they're like the grandparent age is like the do-over age of all the moments that you feel like you took for granted you get to save her a little bit better with your grandkids which is yeah. great and then you give them back exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> okay so Mary what's next for you
2: there is uh there are several things uh the works, I can't speak about it, Um, but I uh, am releasing uh, Entrepreneur Ninja today. Oh, congratulations. Entrepreneur Ninja. Yay. So uh, in this story, uh, children will learn about the four Fs, following your passions, finding a problem, fixing the problem, or filling a need, and forming your organization or business.
1: That's awesome. That is great. Yay. So exciting. Yeah. So where can people find you? Let's say that you know, some of the things that are in the works and that you ne- you can't necessarily talk about just yet, where would be a good place for people to stay tuned and keep up with what you're doing?
2: Yeah. So you can go to ninjalifehacks.tv and join my email list. My uh, email subscribers always find out first. And then also my social media, official Ninja Life Hacks on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and Twitter. go. Love it. Okay. You need a podcast, Mary. Like you've got that, she's
0: got this, I mean, she's tiny, but you've got this personality that's big. You need a podcast and you need to bring kids on and that have read your book oh, and you. give the advice. I mean, you'd be fantastic. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Go. We know a studio. Right. We We know a podcast do studio. <laughs> and it's not far from you. So. Oh, There's no, yeah, you stop by in. anytime. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, this is your studio.
2: Yeah. 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 It's all so. padded, it's all pro- professional. I yeah. know that has a lot to do with like the audio and everything. Exactly. So, like, so did you create this? Yeah. Yeah, we did. That's so yeah. great. Where are you off this thing out of?
0: We are in Edmond. Yep. So, we are on Boulevard between 33rd and Memorial. So we'll okay. do official invite. Well, maybe we'll host your not your first podcast right here in the Ninja <laughs> Life Pack series. That'd be fun. Yeah, you're right, by me. Oh my gosh, yeah. I know. I know. All right, anything else that you'd like to share? I mean, it's you're just inspiring, and I really can't wait to see what comes from you next. But people, should, you, I mean, you have books in Target. I mean, obviously, Amazon, where else can they find your books? Because they are fantastic. And we'll put links in the podcast notes as well.
2: Yeah, so you can find uh, Ninja Life Hacks and Mini Movers and Shakers everywhere now. Uh, We just recently got onto the brick and mortars of Targets and Walmarts. So you can find us on shelves now. But the best... Place to go with uh ninjalifehacks.tv okay awesome okay. and you have book sets like these are great
0: gifts because you have book sets that have you know multiple topics and you have toys I mean you have a lot of really really good things for kids so um which is good so Yay. all right okay well we're going to be getting you on for we'll have entrepreneur ninja <laughs> book podcast there you go Uh, yeah
2: that's right (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for having me on all right thank you all right right. we'll talk soon bye bye The Leader
1: Spotlight podcast is dedicated to continual learning and thought partnerships that help us all grow as leaders. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, email addison at fpov.com. You can also visit our blog, medium.com slash Leader Spotlight for more great content.